You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Nerd Cave Retro. I am Derek Diamond. And I am Jason Robbins. Jason, how are you tonight, sir? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I am unbelievable. I am super califragilistic expialidocious because <laughs> we are going to be discussing more retro games. Love talking uh, retro games last week, and I just I need my fix. I need more retro games. Oh, we got a couple of really good reviews tonight. Um, really no news to talk about this week. Um, we are recording this um, right on the heels of the Nintendo releasing their uh, mini console in November, uh, which we talked about on the last episode. Um, you should definitely look into getting that if you're interested in retro gaming. Um, it's going to become pre-packed with 30 uh, retro games from the Nintendo era, the NES era, and definitely worth the money when it comes out. So definitely look into getting that. Um, anything you wanted to talk about tonight, sir? Um, I did want to briefly mention, uh, we went through some of the games last week, but just to tell you uh, some of the games that are going to be coming out on this mini NES, you've got both Castlevania games, both Donkey Kong games, uh, Double Dragon 2, the original Final Fantasy, Excite Bike. Um, Ice Climbers, Kirby's Adventure, Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, and of course, uh, Legend of Zelda and Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. And those are just, just a, that's a scratching the surface of the games that they have. Oh, those are really good AAA titles to have um, that anybody should have in their collection, especially, I mean, like, just both Legend of Zelda games, all the Super Mario games, I mean, you just it's got Ninja Gaiden. Probably one of the hardest games for Nintendo, which I'll probably review that here in the next couple of weeks and talk about how much I love that game, yet I hate its guts. <laughs> You're not the only person that I've heard say that about Ninja Gaiden. I can't tell you how many sleepless, horribly angry nights I spent playing that game. <laughs> I can only imagine um, speaking of Ninja Gaiden, uh, there is one thing that uh, I think we should discuss. We've briefly discussed it in passing, but this game made me think of it just because it was featured a little bit in this. And I think of retro games as well when I think of this movie. Do you remember the movie called The Wizard? Yes. Of course. I, it was a terrible movie, but I love it. Oh, it's horrible, but... That movie holds so much nostalgia for me. It really does. I mean, that was how Super Mario Brothers 3 was introduced to the public, was during the video game competition uh, at the end of the movie. Oh, God. I remember I went to the theater to watch that movie. and Oh, my God. Really? During that part. when <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. The curtains went up and it was Super Mario Brothers 3. I just remember I lost what little of my mind I had left. I was like, oh my God, Super Mario Brothers 3. And then as soon as that movie came out on VHS, I had to have it, and I wore that tape to a nub. There was nothing <laughs> left of it by the time I was done with it. 
Uh, that's awesome. Uh, funny story about the wizard. Um, the, I, I'm originally from, I live in Pensacola now, but I originally am from a small town that's about 40 miles north of here called Jay. It's a very small farming community. There's only one red light there. <laughs> that should tell you how small it is. Well, we used to have a video store. And I see the cover of that box, and this is just when I'm like really getting into video games. And I see Mario and all these other video game characters that are in the background. I'm like, I've got to watch this movie. It was nothing like I thought it would be, but I still loved it because it was about a kid playing video games. <laughs> and I remember one of the first games that he you know, displayed his skills on was Ninja Gaiden. And two older kids were just blown away mm -hmm. by how easy the game came to him. Yeah, they, I think they they're one of the lines in the movie was, uh, this is his second playthrough without losing a life. And I'm like, how? How could he do that? That's impossible. There's no way. Uh, they, yeah, that was, it was awesome. And like them calling the the developers to try and get, you know, tips and everything. Like I remember seeing those in like the old Nintendo power magazines <laughs> and electronic gaming monthly. I actually called that, uh, the Nintendo, um, what were they called? Uh, Oh, what were they called? Oh, they were called something. Cause I used to have a subscription to Nintendo power. I did too. Oh, what were they called? Hey, do you remember like every quarter they would release a catalog? in the magazine and you had to save up stamps and you could get like a Mario yes. hat or anything like that. I remember getting a Mario hat and I wore that thing until the strap on the back broke. Like I loved that <laughs> hat so much. Um, I never could. Um, I never had enough money as a kid to buy any of that stuff that I thought was awesome. But, um, but yeah, talking about the wizard, I wouldn't recommend anybody that's never seen it to go back and, you know, watch it and walk away thinking that it's a good movie because it's not. <laughs> it's just, like I said, I love it, but it's a terrible movie. You have to look at it in the context of that movie came out in 1989. I was 12 years old. I was, Nintendo was my life at that point. Yes. Um, it was at the height of Nintendo's world domination. I mean, it was a 90 minute commercial for Nintendo. And as a kid, that was, that was all I cared about was video games and Nintendo and Nintendo power and just everything was Nintendo. And I, to this day, I still love that movie, even though it's terrible. What's cool is several years ago, I was in a Walmart uh, here in town and I was just looking through the DVDs and I'm at, you know, the, the clearance rack or whatever with like the seven ninety nine and below. Yes. And, and I see the wizard like on the bottom row and like the far right corner. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is on DVD. I see that it's only like $6 and I just scoop it up and buy it. And I watched it that night and I'm like, this movie is awful, but I'm so glad I watched it again. <laughs> See, that's the movie I'm always looking for when I'm digging around in the $5 bin at Walmart or Best Buy, and I've never found it. You're, you're so lucky. If I ever find another copy, I'll, uh, I'll mail it to you. Fantastic. Because it used to be on Netflix, so I used to watch it all the time. And oh, I hate that I missed streaming. out on that. Yeah, it's not streaming anymore. So if I want to watch it, I have to rent it from Amazon. I would have like pulled up, you know, my I would have put on my Mario pajama pants, my Zelda shirt, and I would have like watched that movie. 
Yes. Like at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> God, but that ran, movie just... Random, random fact about The Wizard. Um, I don't know if you know this. I know not a lot of people do. Did you know that Tobey Maguire was in that movie? I did not. Do you remember the scene when they first go to the, the video game championships uh, in L.A.? And they're walking out of the building, and then uh, the kid who was the villain, I think Lucas was his name, and he had yeah. his like goons with him, and he tells one of them to go get him a soda. That kid was Tobey Maguire. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, I, know... I didn't believe it until like I was looking through his IMDb one day, and it said The Wizard, and I'm like, where was he in The Wizard? And I, I found a screen cap of it, and I was like, huh. <laughs> well, I remember the guy that they're talking to in that scene, you know, the guy that they... Uh they check in with mm -hmm. that guy played in, he was one of the main pirates and pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Yeah. And all three of the movies. Um, and as soon as you see him, you know who I'm talking about. I'll have to look that up when we're done. Cause I, I remember when I went back and watched the wizard again, uh, a couple of years ago on Netflix, I saw that scene. I was like, Hey, that's the guy from pirates of the Caribbean. I, I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have a song or two from the Wizard soundtrack on my phone. Oh, don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> Send me uh, an I, angel. I, I love I love <laughs> 80s music. Send me an angel. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I just that makes me want to walk down a highway to a video game competition. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm going to tell you something that that's kind of stupid. But whenever I'm driving like you know, out in the country or, you know, like just actually a week or so ago, we went to my in-laws in Northern Louisiana. And while we were driving there, you know, you go through some small towns and like some empty, you know, open areas. And every time we're going down like uh, an empty highway, that song runs through my head. Oh, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's probably going to happen to me now too. Yes, it will. <laughs> And I'm like, I th sit there and think, I wish I was going to the Nintendo World Championships. Oh, uh, I'm just thinking if I could, if I could go to the Nintendo World Championships now, how much ass I could kick. Oh God! Especially with those classic <laughs> games. Oh my God! Yeah, I, uh, they should do that. You know, it, Nintendo should really think about doing things like that again. Yeah, because I mean, with Pokemon Go coming out and this you know, the mini NES that's coming out, and then you have the NX a few months later, they really have a chance to actually stay relevant. To me, they're relevant now with Pokemon Go, but I, I would love to see them mean something again. Exactly. But uh, definitely, if you are a fan of The Wizard or you watched it as a kid and you find it, definitely get it. Because, I mean, it's not going to be more than like 5 or $6 it's such a fun nostalgia trip i highly recommend it yeah and if you've never seen it and you go back and watch it don't expect you know pulp fiction or <laughs> <laughs> the godfather it's 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 definitely uh not that caliber of film but it's definitely fun and nostalgic as we've said multiple times we love it but it's a terrible movie but uh, let's go ahead and move into our uh, reviews for tonight. And I guess since I went first last week, we'll we'll go with yours first this week. All right. Uh, my Super Nintendo Game of the Week is not a very well-known game, but it was one of my favorites that I played through multiple times 
uh, as a kid. It's called Illusion of Gaia, or known in other countries, Illusion of Time. It was only known as Illusion of Gaia in uh, North America. Uh, came out in uh, 1994, made by uh, Enix, which now people know merged with Squaresoft and are now known as Square Enix. What was cool about this game was it was a fictional story but used real life environments and to just give an idea of what the store what the story is um it's about this kid named Will this is during the exploration age uh his dad was an explorer you know sailing off to to find new lands new adventures and he disappears after going to an expedition in uh the tower of babel so you fast forward years later when Will is i believe a teenager he decides to go off and find out what happened to his dad. And through it, uh, he learns that he has these psychic-type abilities, and he can also uh, change his shape uh, by going through these areas called dark spaces, which is controlled by Gaia, the mother of the Earth, basically. Hmm. You can transform into two different characters. You can transform into a warrior named Friedan, uh, or Frieden. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce this name, and I've played this game for many years. But basically, he's like your typical warrior. He's got, you know, a sword, and he's much more powerful than Will is because Will's a kid. Um, late in the game, you can play as this character named Shadow, who is uh, created from the light of a comet, which is actually possessed by an evil spirit and is on its way uh, to crash into Earth. And through that, I, I don't want to spoil it, but you learn a lot about the history of Earth and things that have happened in the past as you progress through the game. And like I said, it uses real-life, um, excuse me, it uses real-life locations like the Incan ruins, the Egyptian pyramids, uh, the Nazca Plateau. So it's really kind of like a, a history lesson, too, but it, it's it's really, really fun. It's It's a different type of an RPG, but it's really, really fun. And it's a game that I love to go through every now and then and play. And soon, you know, once I've finished with some of the rotation with my Throwback Thursday Let's Plays, I'll be doing a, a Let's Play with this one as well. And hopefully people will check it out because I know not a lot of people may not know what this game is, but it's really a lot of fun. If you love the action type RPGs and you love a good story, this is definitely the game for you because it has humor. It's got tragedy because some of Will's friends uh, do not make it all the way through the journey. But how they don't make it through the journey is uh, really what's interesting. So it really kind of tugs at your heartstrings. And I mentioned this uh, you know, last week when I was talking about Link to the Past, but it has a lot of good character development, and you become attached to the characters. Like the main girl uh, is a princess, and she starts out as this really spoiled brat, and you just want her to die. <laughs> But by the end of the game, you learn that she, you know, is a really strong character and has, you know, a good heart and will do anything for anybody. So you really get to see this group of kids grow up throughout the game. I'm definitely going to check out those Let's Plays because this was a game that kind of slipped past my radar when I was a kid. Um, I remember the game. I remember it coming out and I remember seeing it all over the place, but I never... I never rented it. I never saw knew anyone that had it. So I really don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely like I said it's one of those off the wall type games. It's not very well known and to tell you how not known it is, 
I have yet to be able to find any like high res artwork to use for like graphics or the thumbnails I use in the YouTube videos. Yeah. It's all just screen caps from the game. Cause like with, you know, Banjo Kazooie or Pikmin, you know, or other games that I've done, or even like Link to the Past, people will create wallpapers for that that I'll use, or they'll cut out the characters and there'll be ping files and I can just drop them in. Like they'll be easy to find. But this one's really been kind of a challenge because it's it's really not well known. And it's I didn't even know this until like I was just doing research on it. But it's actually part of a uh, trilogy called the Soul Blazer trilogy. And I've never played or never even heard of the two other games. This was just a game that, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Zelda. So I got it and played it and I loved it. And it was when I got the Super Nintendo from Nick that I mentioned last week, um, this was one of the first games that I bought because I was able to find it in good condition for like 7 or $8. Wow. That's a good deal. Definitely. But yeah, what, uh, what's your game, Jason? This week, I'm going to be talking about Monster in My Pocket. And if you've never heard of this, this was kind of one of those um, early 90s... Um, kind of flash in the pan it burned really bright really quick and then went away kind of as soon as it you know it it burned out so quickly and then you didn't really hear much about it again um it was a line of monsters that i don't know if you remember um do you remember muscles from the 80s like the little plastic pink men mm-hmm. that you would get in like the quarter machine or whatever um it's kind of like that but they're uh, kind of classic monsters from, you know, like like legendary monsters from mythology and fantasy and stuff like that. Like you know, Dracula and Frankenstein and and different mythological monsters. And I think they ended up having a a couple of hundred monsters at you know when they were released. But uh, you know, this was a toy line that had started uh, in 1989, and um, this game was produced by Konami in 1990. Let me let me look it up and make sure real quick. Um, yeah, 1992. Which it's kind of odd because for as good as the game is, I don't understand why they didn't release this on the Super Nintendo. Because by the time this came out in 1992, the Super Nintendo had already been out. For over a year and the nintendo at this point was on its way out i mean it was the bargain system at this point i remember you know 92 93 you know up until about 94 95 you could go get uh, you know the nintendo top loader for 40 50 bucks at the store and games mm-hmm. were ten, fifteen dollars, you know, bargain bin stuff at this point. And to release this game on the Nintendo is, is kind of head scratching for me because it, it wasn't a huge success. Um, and if I think if it would have came out on the the Super Nintendo, it probably would have been um, really a, a lot more revered than it is because this is quite possibly one of the best hidden gems of the original nes um i played this game uh, i haven't finished it 
but I have gotten pretty far into it and I have watched a couple of uh playthroughs on YouTube and it is quite it's kind of a short game. Um and basically you you can play either um you you can play either Dracula or Frankenstein. And you're these little tiny figures. Um but you're pretty bi- you're big on screen but basically you're supposed to be the size of a monster that goes into your pocket and these little monsters have come to life and they're fighting all kinds of stuff like going through the kitchen there's a really cool part where you slide down the banister of the staircase um you know you go down into the sewer and the the controls of the game are actually really fluid um, but there's really, it's kind of disappointing because there, there isn't any kind of difference between the two characters, the, whether you play Dracula or Frankenstein, they both have basically the same fighting moves. I mean, it's kind of a super punch that has a really nice kind of a, um, like, a like when you, when you punch, there's, there's like this uh, little air puff or like force that comes out. And it makes killing things, uh, multiple things at once, very easy and kind of cathartic when you're doing it. And um, it's, I think if this game would have been on the Super Nintendo and been more of um, kind of a Final Fight style brawler, you know, I think it really would have, have been on more people's radar at the time. But for being on the Nintendo, I mean, the graphics are awesome. The gameplay is great, and it's really comfortable. I mean, you know, the, the controls are really tight and fluid. Uh, the music's really good for the game. Each level has its own theme song. Um, and I definitely, you know, the, this is one of those games that you're probably not going to run into very often, uh, especially one that's complete because there are... Um, you can find some complete inbox that actually came with a little figurine of one of the monsters uh, and the little cellophane facing out of the box. And that's um, awesome. <clears throat> um, if you can find one of those, I mean, you're going to pay probably, you know, well over $250, $300 to get a, one that's complete in box. Um, and this game was actually given to me uh, by a friend of mine named Dorian who is the editor on uh, the movie I made not too long ago, Monsters Anonymous, which is kind of awesome since we're talking about monsters. But um, yeah, he gave me this game, and um, I've I've been looking for uh, an extra copy of it um, just to have um, if I run across it at a flea market or a, a garage sale or something. Um, because the cheapest copy you're going to find, you know, a loose copy on eBay, you're going to pay at least between 30 and $40 for a decent copy of it. Um, so if you come across, a, um, you know, a copy of this game, definitely pick it up. Uh, you know, it, it's worth, you know, I, I would pay upwards of 15, 20 bucks for this game because it is that good. And it, it isn't on a lot of people's radar and you never hear anybody talking about this game, but it is a really good game for the Nintendo. So definitely keep an eye out for it. If if you're a collector, it this should definitely be one of the games that's in your collection because it is utterly playable and enjoyable. And it, it, it ranks up there high for me. So 
if you see it, pick it up. Um, and I, if you're going to collect it, be wary of, you know, picking one up on eBay or something, because like I said, you're going to pay at least 35 to 40 bucks for a, a loose cartridge. Um, but if you can find it at a flea market garage sale, it definitely should be in your collection. I remember us talking about this uh, before we started recording, like the name had sounded vaguely familiar and I didn't know that it came out on the NES after the SNES came out because that that's kind of head scratching to me. Well, it's the that same they would do thing. something like that. Yeah. It's the same thing that happened with star tropics. It's that, that's why I think star tropics, you know, is not um, a, a big Nintendo franchise right now because they put out, part two in 1994 on the Nintendo, the NES. It was the last wow. game that Nintendo produced for the Nintendo entertainment system. And it promptly died a quick death. Uh, it, it didn't do any kind of numbers. I mean, it just kind of fell on deaf ears when it came out because in 1994, nobody was playing NES at that point. That was, I'm not even sure they were still selling <laughs> the Nintendo in stores. I mean, it, it was probably, you know, the top loader for 30, 40 bucks at that point. Um, it was definitely, I mean, when this game came out, Monsters in My Pocket, it was already a bargain console. But by the time uh, Star, uh, Star Tropics 2 came out, it was definitely in its final death throes. I could see if this game had come out on the Super Nintendo, I could see this game having like a big cult following. Exactly. Right? Like it would be one of those games that we talk about. Oh, yeah, I remember Monsters in My Pocket. Like, I don't know if it would be on the the level of, you know, a major franchise, but it definitely would have been it would have had its niche. Yeah, because sure. it, it, it sounds fun. It definitely would have been up there with games like Final Fight and stuff like that. You know, those side scrolling beat em ups. Because it is that style of game. It's it's basically just a side-scrolling beat-em-up game. That's all it is. That's all it needs to be. And it's perfectly fun the way it is. It's a great game. But them not putting this out on the Super Nintendo is just completely mind-boggling to me. Like, that was such a bad decision. Yeah, that, that's just... I don't understand the logic behind that. I really don't because it, it, everything was full Super Nintendo at that point. Yeah, it was. It had already been out for a year, year and a half at that point. And I remember at the time, I bought the Super Nintendo as soon as it came out. And as soon as I got my Super Nintendo, my poor Nintendo was just neglected at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was... I don't know, but I, I'm definitely interested. I'll have to look up gameplay of this game because, like I said, it sounded very familiar, but I don't think I've actually seen anything from it. So yeah, it, I'll have to do a YouTube search on it. Yeah, go check on YouTube. There's a couple of playthroughs on there, and also they have uh, the soundtrack on there as well that I found, and the music for this game is really good. Um, for and Like I said, the game's relatively short, um, but it really doesn't need to be any more than what it is. And it's really fun. And if you find it, definitely pick this one up for your collection. Absolutely. And I, and kind of going back to my game as well, I definitely would add Illusion of Gaia too. if you're looking for just a different type of RPG that's not like a Zelda or, you know, like a mainstream type thing. If you're looking for 
just a solid, fun game with a good story to it, I, I would recommend it. So I think these are both you know really good picks for respective NES and Super Nintendo collectors. Yeah, and I I can't wait till you do the uh, the Let's Plays because I like I said I had always heard about that game but never gave it much of much thought. So I'm really interested to see you know what kind of game it is because I do love those old SNES uh, RPGs. I think they're some of the best ones that were were out at the you know to this day. I mean Final Fantasy on the Super Nintendo, um Act Razor, all those kind of games were were awesome. Yeah, and I will say uh some more RPGs will be making their way to reviews on this podcast. So definitely stay tuned cuz Super Nintendo had a lot of them. Yes. Uh not sure what we're going to be reviewing next week, but uh I can guarantee you whatever it is, it's going to be good. We uh we might take a we might take a trip to Super Mario World. I, I haven't decided yet. Well, if you do that, then I think I'll take a trip to uh Super Mario Brothers. Should I do two or three? If we if you pick three, that could be an interesting debate on which one's better. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that because those games are very very similar, but yet worlds apart. They are that that let let's do that. I yeah. think that would be a really good debate. Uh, let's do that so for next episode we'll have super mario brothers 3 and super mario world all right anything else sir uh no i think that's it for this week i believe so thank you guys for uh for listening uh this is only the second episode but as uh, we've said before this is going to be a seasonal podcast uh so we've got probably four episodes left until we take summer break and come back in the fall so uh, if you have any uh, questions or games you'd like us to review, uh, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, we haven't set up our Twitter yet as of this recording, but just check uh, social media and you'll be able to find the link to it. Fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter at jfunktastic. And you can find me on Twitter at Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K underscore diamond. And you can find this podcast at the nerdcavenetwork.com. And also, if you get us off of iTunes or Google Play, wherever you find us at, leave us a review, which will help us out tremendously. Absolutely. The more reviews we get, uh, the more exposure we get. Yes. So let's, right. uh, let's sign off, and we'll see them next week. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. to a Nerd Cave Network production. 